on the tip of the nation's tongue this week with much debate among the church folks of what's going on in Ansbury College. Many have asked me, I've read plenty of hundreds of posts from my friends and colleagues and you know one side knows it's absolutely a sovereign move of God and the other side absolutely knows that it's a, a fraud. I haven't spent much time in it. People ask me, I, I don't know. I haven't, I've had other things this week, but here's one thing I know, that there's just two or three that are hungry. Jesus has never passed hungry. Ever. When he taught until it was time to eat, he said he saw the, they would send them away, but he said he saw all the crowds and was moved with compassion on them. Yeah, it was, he fed them in a physical way, but a physical manner that day, but through a very spiritual means said in Matthew chapter 5, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. It says, for they shall be. Shall be. The most affirmative words in the English language. For they shall be filled. I don't know what's happening in Ansbury, but I know what's happening in Mauriceville, Texas. And I've cautioned some folks, I don't know what's going on there. I, I truly haven't had time to even listen much. But I know I, I would agree within the book of Acts when they brought to the religious leaders wanting to calm the riot at, at Ephesus after Paul began to speak. And, they, and the, the leader of the Pharisees says, I, he said, you know, if this not be of God, it will come to nothing. But if it be of God, we can't fight it, lest you fight God himself. And have the humility to know that sometimes you just don't know. See, I can handle a skeptic because a skeptic just wants to know. They're not convinced. But a scoffer, God rebukes. And in the world we live in today, with everything, all the craziness going on and all the false teachers and false prophets and religious mumbo-jumbo that's not scriptural in the world, it's real easy to be right about when something's wrong. I know people, that they can't even get it out of their mouth and they're rebuking it because it's wrong. Broken clock's right twice a day. I know that. And in this environment, all the wrong is real easy. You're gonna, it's probably going to be wrong more often than it's right. And when you have that mindset of you know, when you haven't prayed, when you haven't sought God, when you haven't looked, when you haven't bothered, when you're fault-finding and nitpicking, 
You'll be right more often than that broken clock is. And you'll become, you'll become puffed up in yourself and your rightness. And before long, everything's wrong and nothing's right. And while everything's wrong, you missed what God is doing. Because you're in a mindset of a carnal nature and a fleshy mind that never asks him what he's doing. No, I'm not going to be guilty. I know what's happening at Mag. And I know that when people cry out to him, he answers. And I know when they're hungry, he feeds. And when they're thirsty, he pours out water like on a dry land. You'll allow me to let the Holy Spirit lead a different direction than what I prepared. We're going to turn to Romans chapter 12, but on the way there, stop by at 2 Chronicles chapter 7. Romans chapter, or Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 12 says, The Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard your prayer. Well, I'm going to tell you, without going any further, that is the key. Revivals throughout history, a move of God throughout history, have only had really one thing in common. Two. Prayer and repentance. And it's prayer that brings repentance. The goodness of God that leads a man to repentance. Everything God ever does, he does in response to prayer. And he said, I have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. In verse 13, listen to what he says, because this nation is at a time of darkness and at a time of trouble. The world is at a time of darkness and a time of trouble. Make no mistake about it. It doesn't take a prophet. <laughs> it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't take any special knowledge to, to look outside your window to flip open your phone, however you look at the news, and to know that this world is in a dark time. God says, when I shut up heaven, not if, when, and there is no rain, nor command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves before you can do anything. If my people, which are called by my name, he's not talking to the world, he's talking to us. If my people, which are called by my name, you say, well, he was talking to Israel. The word of God tells you clearly that it's through Jesus Christ that you're a true son of Abraham. I'll remind you that the, uh, the damnable lie of replacement theology said, because he says, he says I've grafted you in. You're the wild vine. 
They're the natural vine. He says, I, I will remove you before I destroy them. So when God says, even in all the way back in Chronicles, when he says, if my people, he's talking to you. You've been grafted in. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray. Seek my face. Turn from their wicked ways. God's people have wicked ways sometimes. Turning from wicked ways, that is literal. That is the literal definition of repentance. To turn and go the opposite way. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Remember what he's saying is, when I shut up the heavens, when I send locusts to devour the land, when, I, when there's no rain, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, he says, then will I hear from heaven. Thank God he can still hear. Thank God that his, that his arm is not short, that he cannot save, that his ear is not dull, that he cannot hear. Thank God he still hears when people cry. Thank God he still hears when people cry. Remember? Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Just like good, the good church folks would be, yet you pipe down. No. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. You know what? It stopped him in his tracks. For the man we know was blind Bartimaeus that day. If my people said, then will I hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin. Oh, he's talking about ours. The people of God. See, not until they humbled, not until they prayed, not until they turned. He says, I'll hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sin. He's never going to, he's never going to work on the land until he works on his people. God's people have got to stop, learn to stop cursing the darkness. And humble themselves and turn to the light. Then will I hear from heaven. I'll, for, I'll forgive their sin. I'll heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer made in this place. Man, we could, we, we, we could preach a week. In my ear, my eyes will be open. God's eyes. What's that mean? He, goes, he sees you. In my ear, open. He hears you. When you humble yourself and pray and seek his face, it's, that's what opens his eyes towards you and turns his ear towards you. The only hope in this world and in this nation and this sin-sick, 
putrefying situation we are in is that the people of God humble themselves and pray and seek his face and turn from their wicked ways. Quit cursing the darkness. Looking for a political solution. Mad all the time over the latest thing out of Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. is not our answer and never will be. Never will be. Now I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. As for you, if you walk before me, he's talking to Solomon, but he's speaking to you. As for you, if you walk before me as your father David walked and do according to all that I have commanded, you see, God doesn't change and he doesn't have a different way for you and me. If you doubt that he's, that he's talking to us when he's talking to Solomon, I'll remind you that he's the way, the truth, and the life. That no man comes to the Father but through him. There is no, there is no plan B. There is no your way or your truth. There's no formula that you could concoct together of, of your customized gospel. See, that's the world we live in today. Everybody has their own, they, they have their customized gospel. It's another Jesus by another spirit, by another gospel. It's not the same. And it won't work. If, for as for you, if you walk before me, as your father David walked, and according to all that I have commanded you, and keep my statutes and my judgments, what's he say? If you will obey me. Somebody hear me, if you will obey me. The power of God is in obedience. You've heard me say it a thousand times. The power, are you looking for the power of God in your life, in your home, in your church, in your situation? The power of God is in obedience. And obedience is the highest form of worship that you can offer God ever. Do you hear me? Obedience is the highest form of worship. I'll remind you that obedience is still better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of lambs. The power of God is still in obedience. If you walk according to all I've commanded you and you keep my statutes and my judgments, verse 18 says, then. Boy, the church world, the body of Christ always misses the ifs and the thens. I think that he just throws it out there willy-nilly and that we have no role because after all, we're saved by grace through faith. And we certainly are saved by grace through faith. And when you're saved by grace through faith, it's that grace that gives you the power to work in you and do in you what you couldn't do before by yourself. He didn't, grace is not freedom to sin, it's freedom from sin. He says, then, and only then, I could say without doing any harm to the Scripture, Will I establish the throne of your kingdom as I covenanted with David your father, saying, 
you shall not fail to have a man as a ruler over Israel. But, oh, there's that conjunction, that notorious conjunction, but if. Well, that's the first time I've ever ran into that that I can think of because I always tell you if, if is in the sentence. It's the biggest word in the word of God. And but is always a really important. And he put them together, but if you turn away and forsake my statutes. Somebody hear me. That messes with all kinds of things that people thought they could live any old way they wanted to and still please God. But if you turn away and forsake my commandments, which I have set before you, and go and serve other gods and worship them, then I will uproot them from the land which I have given them. And the house which I have sanctified for my name, I will cast out of my sight. And I will make it a proverb and a byword among the people. Was it? I will make it an example and what the people talk about for generations. I will make it the subject of your rebellion and your turning. You will become an example for the nations forever. You will become a proverb and a byword among my people. And sometimes I write in my Bible every once in a while, fairly often, I just write, wow. We lose wonder. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Say, I just came for a baptism service. I didn't know that we was. I will never walk into the house that I don't expect to meet with the king. There is no circumstance where I'm going to walk in this room and not let the king have his way. If I don't, I've made me it. The clock is not it. The calendar's not it. You're not it. That made you mad. That's because you hadn't dealt with your own pride yet. Yeah, I said it. You know what else? I'm in it. While I'm finding Romans that's apparently been moved in my Bible. I'll go ahead and say some things in this holy hush. When you're annoyed by the length of a service when the Spirit of God moves and you celebrate overtime. Now that could be any kind of overtime. That could be that overtime that pays you time and a half that kept you out of church, that you volunteered for, that wasn't mandated. I got to ask some people, even in this house, when is God going to become your priority over your vacations, over your money, over your running around? Over when is it? When is it? When is he going to be? When is? When are you going to make God the number one spot? I, somebody in this house is already hearing. Preacher, don't think we ought to ever go on vacation. Stop it. Stop it. If you're twisting truth, that makes you a liar. That's pretty blunt. What it's saying is people are, 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 have more patience and their heart is turned to, to everything in the world and God has never, and the things of God. People, we, we have drilled it so long that it's God, 
family, church, or, and work. And that's, that's, while it might be good in principle, it's baloney in reality. I'll tell you what it is, because I don't see people moving their work schedule for church. I don't see people moving their play schedule for when God's moving. I'm talking about to humble yourself. I'm talking about if you think it, you always family time. When your family, when your when your family time comes to the place that your kids begin to see that rest and relaxation and schedules are more important than the the than the house of God, you have taught them something and they have learned it. Amen or oh me. When is, when is he gonna, when are we gonna humble them ourselves and pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways? I've told you before, when, when your precious little angels become more important than the God that you serve, your precious little angels have taken his place and they, are, and they have become idolatry to you. And God will reject it just like any, you might as well put a Buddha statue on your kitchen table and bow down to it because he sees it no differently. Wow. See, there are some reasons that I'm not a preacher from notes because I wouldn't say it if it was in my notes. <laughs> say, I don't like it. That's okay. It's okay if you'll pray about it. If you don't, you'll not like your preacher. If you do, you'll humble yourself. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you, who? You. Hey, you know what? There's no better preacher than the Word of God. Do you, have you seen that this morning? There's no better preacher than the Word of God. I beseech you, I'm begging you, Paul is saying, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. God wants some sacrifice from his people. Lest you think that I'm out of line, God wants some sacrifice from his people. He's not asking you to die for him. That's Muhammad. That's Muhammad that wants you to die for him. Your, your guarantee, your only guarantee into paradise is to blow yourself up and give you 72 aspects of perversion for eternity. That's Muhammad. He's not asking you to die for him, although you might. He's asking for a living sacrifice. You don't think he knows that getting out of bed earlier than I want to is a sacrifice for me? You don't think he knows that there are things that he's asking you to do that's upsetting your little apple cart and the perfect little world you've created? You don't think he knows that? Why do you think he's asking for it? I'll remind you that he asked for Isaac. Can I remind you that he asked for Isaac? The son of promise that took 25 years to see his fulfillment. He was already going through the pain of his fleshly decision in Ishmael. And now he had Isaac. Take him to the mountain and sacrifice him. Dad, I see the wood. I see all, where's the sacrifice? Oh my. Do you remember? God was asking for all of it. And then you find out that it 
Isaac that he wanted. It was Abraham that he wanted. I want to know that I'm number one. I want to know that I'm everything to you. I want to know that if you want me more than you wanted that boy, you wanted that promise. I want to know that I'm more important to you than the overtime, than the vacations, than the ball games. I want to know. He said, I'm not saying you. He didn't kill Isaac. He didn't take Isaac. He won't take your things either. He wants you. He wants you. He wants you. Don't make him take it from you to get you. Because he will. Don't make him take that six-figure job that, you, that you're worshiping. Don't you dare do it. You say, God would do that? That doesn't sound like a God of love. Oh, that's a God of love that's willing to take whatever it takes to live with you eternally. That's a God of love. He's a whatever it takes God. That's a God of love. I am begging you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy acceptable to God by the way which is all the service that you can muster to get done no he said which is your reasonable service and do not be conformed to this world Do not be conformed to this world. Let me tell you, when you're bringing it, when you're bringing it to when you're when the church is following the corporate model, when the church when the church leaves the book and goes and goes to to, to the organizers and the manipulators and the marketers, God help us. Be not conformed to this world. I'm so tired of hearing preacher, preachers and leaders in the church world today that talk about bringing people in for seminars so we can learn how to deal with this problem and that problem. And they never one time mention taking it to the cross. They never one time mention that the blood of Jesus set you free. They never one time mention that the power of the Holy Ghost will come upon you and give you the strength and the power to walk out of your situation. They, it's enticing words of man's wisdom when we've got to have a demonstration of the power of God. We've got to. Got people going to hell and feeling really good about it. Be not conformed to this world. I can elaborate, I better move on. But be you transformed. That word is a literal word that is used, metamorphosis, metamorphosis. Like a caterpillar going in with a cocoon and he comes out a butterfly. Do not be conformed to this world, but be you transformed, made into something completely different and beautiful. By the renewing of your mind. How? Change what you think according to the word of God. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. 
Out of the abundance of the heart, church, the mouth speaks. Your heart will tell on you. And that's not a Hank Williams song. Be not conformed to this world. Be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. That's not three wills. God's will is for you to be good and perfect and acceptable. I'm fixing to quit reading because we're fixing to get people wet. For I say through the grace given to me, let everyone who is among you, everyone who? Everyone who is among you not think of himself more highly than he ought. Humble yourself. But think soberly. Renew your mind. For God, as God has dealt to each one the measure of faith, he's put in you what you need. Every one of you. He's put in you what you need. For as we have many members in one body, but not all members have the same function. Oh, I want to tell you really quickly, love without hypocrisy. That word's talking about it like a stage actor who's just playing and putting on, pretensive. Love without hypocrisy. Abhor. Church, what, where have we lost our ability to blush and to hate what is evil? Abhor what? That's a strong word. Abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. That's effort. Do you hear me? Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. That's you and that's effort. Don't repay evil for evil. Verse 17, have regard for good things in the sight of all men. And if possible, from Wednesday night, hey, if possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with men. Beloved, don't avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him drink. For in so doing, you heap coals of fire on your head. That always gave me a little satisfaction. I don't think it's supposed to, but it did you too. Do not overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's the answer for the dark world we're in today. All over this house, stand with me. If you're being baptized this morning, would you slip out quietly and meet Katrina? If you don't know, I tell her to stand up, but it doesn't do any good. She's just a short standing as she is sitting. But she's in the bright pink shirt. Find her. If you're being baptized this morning, if you've notified us, if, you, if you're if you're here and you're a born-again believer and you want to get baptized and you didn't tell me, meet Katrina anyway. But while they're getting ready, this morning, 
If you're here and you've, ne and you've never known this true Jesus, the Jesus that changes who you are, everything about you. See, he doesn't just put you on a church roll and he doesn't just, he doesn't just have people applaud you. He doesn't do, he, he, it's not Mama's Jesus and, and Papa's Jesus and, 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 and the nomination's Jesus. It's the Jesus of the book that will set you, save you and set you free. Change your heart, change your life. If that's you this morning, would you just real quickly, don't, even, don't you dare delay. Slip that hand up and write back down. Say, no, you didn't even have people not look around. Listen, God, Jesus called people publicly. And this morning, why don't you take that first step publicly? Just slip your hand up right now if that's you. you need to, and you need to know this Jesus that changes every situation. Is that you? This would be a good time. Somebody in this room needs to, this is where you, the first place is where you would humble yourself because the first thing you got to do is admit that you need God. That's a, that's, a, that's a place of humility. Is that you? Yes, I see you. Is there one more? Is there one more? Is there one more? In this house today, if you've just been cruising through on cruise control, and you work him in wherever you can. I'm going to tell if you're working him in wherever you can, he's not your priority. And today is the day to humble yourself and pray and turn from your wicked ways. Is that you today? Can I ask you, is that you today? Who in this house would, would be honest before the Lord and say, that's me today? I'm going to tell you that, that was me. Is that you today? You telling me that God moved in this place for nobody for to be for nobody? Is that what you're telling me? Are you telling me that He missed it? Is that you today? Yeah. Is that you today? That's you today. In the prayer, sing. Is that you today? We're going to make it really easy for you, see, because it's a heart thing in between you and God. It's not, it's, it's not a, a how that we've always done it. He, he can, he'll change your life right where you stand, I promise you. When you get real with him, I'm going to tell you, when you get real with him, he'll get real with you. And I've been praying for weeks, God, give us souls. What in the world are we here for if we don't have souls? God, give us souls. And Lord, turn us back to you. Then I assume that everybody in this room is a blood-bought, power-filled Christian that's going to raise their hands to heaven right now and begin to cry out for souls right now. Right now. Right now, asking, asking, asking. Lord, send the rain in the days of the latter rain. Lord, use me. Lord, I put you right at the top. Give you first place in my life. Lord, use me. Lord, use me. Lord, I pray that you invade every home by the glory of your spirit. Lord, I pray that you break the shackles of pride that's still binding people all over this room. That you call people to pray and you call people to fast on behalf of their spouse, on behalf of their kids, on behalf of their, of their family, on behalf of their co-workers. And Lord, that we begin to bombard the gates of hell and break the chains that are binding. The religious garbage that people have binding their life. The excuses, well, I was hurt in church when I was a kid or I was younger. Who in the world was it? God didn't do that. People did. God help us. Cry out all over this place, God help us. 
For those ones that you raised your hand and you said, I need him, he's just as close as the mention of his name, literally. It says, if you'll call on him, and if you repent of your, where you're at, and you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, he says that you're saved, that he will save you right then. Only you can do that. I can't do it for you. I can lead you, but I can't do it. A prayer, hey, a prayer is just mouthing words if there's not faith, if your heart doesn't, if your heart's not in it. Father, I need you, and I turn from my wicked ways. I'm asking you right now, Lord, I present myself as a sinner, but wash me in the blood of Jesus. I'll make you Lord of my life. Lord, I'll take you at your word, and I'll live every day the rest of my life for you. Wash me, cleanse me, take me. I give myself away. I ask it in the power of Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.